Section 8 of The Wallet of Kai Lung by Ernest Brahma. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 1 The Transmutation of Ling, Part 8. It was in the month of hot dragon breaths, many weeks after the fight in the woods of Qi, that Ling again opened his eyes to find himself in an unknown chamber, and to recognize in the one who visited him from time to time the incomparable maiden whose life he had saved in the cypress glade. Not a day had passed in the meanwhile on which Mian had neglected to offer sacrifices to Chang Chung, the deity interested in drugs and healing substances, nor had she wavered in her firm resolve to bring Ling back to an ordinary existence even when the attendants had protested that the person in question might, without impropriety, be sent to the restoring establishment of the last chance, so little did his hope of recovering rest upon the efforts of living beings. After he had beheld Mian's face, and understood the circumstances of his escape and recovery, Ling quickly shook off the evil vapors which had held him down so long, and presently he was able to walk slowly in the courtyard and in the shady paths of the wood beyond, leaning upon Mian for the support he still required. Oh, graceful one, he said on such an occasion, when little stood between him and the full powers which he had known before the battle. There is a matter which has been pressing upon this person's mind for some time past. It is as dark after light to let the thoughts dwell on it, yet the thing itself must inevitably soon be regarded, for in this life one's actions are forever regulated by conditions which are neither of one's own seeking nor within one's power of controlling. At these words all brightness left Mian's manner, for she at once understood that Ling referred to his departure, of which she herself had lately come to think with unrestrained agitation. Oh, Ling, she exclaimed at length, most expert of sword-users, and most noble of men, surely never was a maiden more inelegantly placed than the one who is now by your side. To you she owes her life, yet it is unseemly for her even to speak of the incident. To you she must look for protection, yet she cannot ask you to stay by her side. She is indeed alone. The magician is dead, Key has fallen, Ling is going, and Mian is undoubtedly the most unhappy and solitary person between the wall and the Nan Hai. Beloved Mian, exclaimed Ling, with inspiring vehemence, and is not the utterly unworthy person before you, indebted to you, in a double measure that life is still within him? Is not the strength which now promotes him to such exceptional audacity as to aspire to your lovely hand of your own creating? Only encourage Ling to entertain a well-founded hope that on his return he shall not find you partaking of the wedding feast of some wealthy and exceptionally round-bodied Mandarin, for this person will accomplish the journey to Canton and back as it were in four strides. O oh, Ling, reflection of my ideal, holder of my soul, it would indeed be very disagreeable to my own feelings to make any reply save one, replied Mian, scarcely above a breath voice. Gratitude alone would direct me, were it not that the great love which fills me leaves no resting place for any other emotion than itself. Go if you must, but return quickly, for your absence will weigh upon me on like a dragon dream. Violet light of my eyes, exclaimed Ling, even in surroundings which with the exception of the matter before us are uninspiring in the extreme, your virtuous and retiring encouragement yet raises me to such a commanding eminence of demonstrative happiness that I fear I shall become intolerably self-opinionated towards my fellow man in consequence. Such a thing is impossible with my Ling, 
said Mian with conviction. But must you indeed journey to Canton? Alas, replied Ling, gladly would this person decide against such a course did the matter rest with him, for as the verses say, it is needless to apply the ram's head to the unlocked door. The key is demolished, the unassuming Mandarin Li Keen has retired to Peking, and of the fortunes of his bowmen this person is entirely ignorant. Such as scattered return to their homes, replied Mian, and Si Chao is safe, for the scattered and broken rebels fled to the mountains again, so much this person has learned. In that case, Si Chao is undoubtedly safe for the time, and can be left with prudence, said Ling. It is an unfortunate circumstance that there is no Mandarin of authority between here and Canton, who can receive from this person a statement of past facts and give him instructions for the future. And what will be the nature of such instructions, as will be given at Canton, demanded Mian? By chance they may take the form of raising another company of bowmen, said Ling with a sigh. But indeed, if this person can obtain any weight by means of his past service, they will tend toward a pleasant and unambitious civil appointment. Oh, my artless and noble-minded lover, exclaimed Mian, assuredly a veil has been before your eyes during your residence in Canton, and your naturally benevolent mind has turned all things into good, or you would not thus hopefully refer to your brilliant exploits in the past. Of what commercial benefit have they been to the sordid and miserly persons in authority, or in what way have they diverted a stream of tales into their insatiable pockets? Far greater is the chance that had Si Chow fallen, many of its household goods would have found their way into the yamens of Canton. Assuredly in Li Keen, you will have a friend who will make many delicate allusions to your ancestors when you meet, and yet one who will float many barbed whispers to follow you when you have passed. For you have planted shame before him in the eyes of those who would otherwise neither have eyes to see nor tongues to discuss the matter. For it is such a reason that this person distrusts all things connected with the journey, except your constancy, O oh, my true and strong one. Such faithfulness would alone be sufficient to assure my safe return if the matter were properly represented to the supreme deities, said Ling. Let not the thin curtain of bitter water stand before your lustrous eyes any longer. Then the events which have followed one another in the past few days in a fashion that can only be likened to thunder following lightning are indeed sufficient to distress one with so refined and swan-like an organization, but they are now assuredly at an end. It is a hope of daily recurrence to this person, replied Mian, honorably endeavoring to restrain the emotion which openly exhibited itself in her eyes. For what maiden would not rather make successful offerings to the great mother Kum Fa than have the most imposing and verbose triumphal arch erected to commemorate an empty and unsatisfying constancy? In this amiable manner the matter was arranged between Ling and Mian, as they sat together in the magician's garden drinking peach tea, which the two attendants, not without discriminating and significant expressions between themselves, brought to them from time to time. Here Ling made clear the whole manner of his life, from his earliest memory to the time when he fell in dignified combat, nor did Mian withhold anything. Explaining in particular such charms and spells of the magician as she had knowledge of, and in this graceful manner materially assisting her lover in the many disagreeable encounters and conflicts which he was shortly to experience. It was with even more objectionable feelings than before that Ling now contemplated his journey to Canton, involving as it did 
the separation from one who had become as the shadow of his existence, and by whose side he had an undoubted claim to stand. Yet the necessity of the undertaking was no less than before, and the full possession of his natural powers took away his only excuse for delaying in the matter. Without any pleasurable anticipations, therefore, he consulted the sacred flat and round sticks, and learning that the following day would be propitious for the journey, he arranged to set out in accordance with the omen. When the final moment arrived at which the invisible threads of constantly passing emotions from one to the other must be broken, and when Mian perceived that her lover's horse was restrained at the door by the two attendants, who with unsuspected delicacy of feeling had taken this opportunity of withdrawing, the noble endurance which had hitherto upheld her melted away, and she became involved in very melancholy and obscure meditations until she observed that Ling also was quickly becoming affected by a similar gloom. Alas, she exclaimed, how unworthy a person I am thus to impose upon my lord a greater burden than that which already weighs him down. Rather ought this one to dwell upon the happiness of that day, when after successfully evading or overthrowing the numerous bands of assassins which infest the road from here to Canton, and after escaping or recovering from the many deadly pestilences which invariably reduce that city in this season of the year, he shall triumphantly return. Assuredly there is a highly polished surface united to every action in life, no matter how funereal it may at first appear. Indeed, there are many incidents compared with which death itself is welcome, and to this end Mian has reserved a farewell gift. Speaking in this manner, the devoted and magnanimous maiden placed in Ling's hands the transparent vessel of liquid which the magician had grasped when he fell. This person, she continued, speaking with difficulty, places her lover's welfare incomparably before her own happiness, and should he ever find himself in a situation which is unendurably oppressive, and from which death is the only escape, such as inevitable tortures, the infliction of violent madness, or the subjugation by magic to the will of some designing woman, she begs him to accept this means of freeing himself without regarding her anguish, beyond expressing a clearly defined last wish that the two persons in question may be in the end happily reunited in another existence. Assured by this last evidence of affection, Ling felt that he had no longer any reason for internal heaviness. His spirits were immeasurably raised by the fragrant incense of Mian's great devotion, and under its influence he was even able to breathe towards her a few words of similar comfort as he left the spot and began his journey. End of section 8